Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 63. We're going to continue looking at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema, the place where believers will receive rewards. Remember, the judgment is not about salvation. That was settled the moment you and I gave our life to Jesus and he became a part of our life. His spirit came to live inside of us. Then we pass from death into life, from darkness to light, and we become children of God. What the Bible says, born again into the family of God. That's settled once and for all. But once we are saved, we enter into a life of service. And God says that he will reward us for faithfully serving him. And so we've looked at preparation for the judgment seat, the purpose of the judgment seat. The purpose is delineated in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 9, then 10. And then it talks about how that we will receive rewards for what we've done in our body, whether good or bad, whether good or worthless. And we looked at that. We talked about the preparation for the judgment seat, how we are going to go stand before the Lord in either death or in the rapture of the church, the catching away of the church when we stand before God one day. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 talk about that preparation for that judgment seat and the changing of our mortal bodies to that which is immortal. Paul referred to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 50. Then verse 51, he says, Behold, we will not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. And he talks about how this mortal must put on immortality. So when we stand before the Lord in judgment, what is going to be the process for that? Well, the Apostle Paul deals with that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. He said, according to the grace of God, which was given me as a wise master builder, the word is architectos, as a wise master architect, I have laid the foundation, and another builds upon it, but let each one take heed how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, notice as those elements are being introduced that gold, silver, Precious stones are all things that are purified by fire. Wood, hay, stubble, those things are destroyed by fire. Each one's work will become manifest or made plain, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. A sort has to do with kind. You see, God is not so much interested in how much we do, but why we do what we do. 
That is the motivation behind it, what kind of work it is. And that only has to do with you and God, with me and God. We're the only ones that know the motivation behind what we do, why we do what we do. Sometimes we are in the awful position and put ourselves in the awful position the ugly position of trying to judge someone's motives. Let me just say to you, no one knows someone else's heart. And even if someone tells you I did it out of a certain motive, they don't even know that because the heart is deceitful and it's wicked and who can really know it? But we can come closer to knowing our own motives than anyone else. But God knows exactly why we do what we do. And this is what's going to be tested by fire at the judgment seat of Christ. Sometimes we get the idea that the more we do, the better off we are. Well, that's not necessarily so because God's more interested in the quality of work than the quantity of work that we do. He said, if anyone's work, which he has built upon endures, he will receive a reward. And anyone's work who is burned up, that one will suffer loss. Then the idea here is a forfeiture. You see, we can gain rewards, but we can also lose rewards. And the Apostle Paul said, please don't be deceived and let someone take your reward away from you. We don't need to be concerned about someone else. We need to be concerned about ourselves and keeping ourselves in line with where God wants us to go and how God wants us to live. It says, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, have a forfeiture, but he himself will be saved, yes, so as by fire. Sometimes you get the idea of someone running through a burning house. A pastor will paint that picture, and they're running out on the other side naked. Well, let me just tell you, we're not going to be before the Lord naked. Uh, because we are clothed in his righteousness. It's not an issue, again, of salvation. It's an issue of service and our faithfulness to God. Because when the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant, notice he said faithful, not one who is successful, not one who would be lifted up, not one who thinks that they have done something but has not. But the criteria for God himself is our faithfulness to do what we are called to do. That's all God requires of us. We don't have to make something a success because success is a man's definition. What God's looking for is significance in our lives that we're walking in faithfulness. But notice it says that every man's work will be tried by fire. Now, you don't have to look far in the scriptures to get an answer for what fire is. The Bible says when the apostle John was on the island of Patmos where he wrote the revelation, He heard a voice behind him, and it was the Lord Jesus himself in his glorified state. And John describes him beginning in Revelation 1.12 when he says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, one like to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about his chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool. This is the same imagery that Daniel saw of the person he called the Ancient of Days. As white as snow and his eyes were as a flame of fire. 
His feet were like fine brass, as refined in a furnace, and his voice was as the sound of Niagara Falls. Now, it doesn't say Niagara Falls, but if you've ever been around a huge waterfall or you've heard the ocean roaring in its waves, like in La Jolla, California, or somewhere like in Maui, where you have these huge waves, you cannot even hear yourself think because it is so loud. Well, that's the same kind of imagery of the voice of many waters. But go back to what he says in verse 14. The eyes of the Lord Jesus are as a flame of fire. I told you that the Bema is a raised position and is usually associated with the Ismanian or the Greek games. Well, for those of you who have been with me to Caesarea Maritime or another one of these theaters, not an amphitheater, which is an arena, but a theater, what we call an amphitheater, uh, you know that in the middle of that Caesarean theater, you have what would have been the place where the governor or the procurator would have been sitting, and that is also called a bema, where someone is on stage right in front of you and you have the bird's eye seat. You see it all. Here we are standing before the Lord, and we are just by ourselves. No one is with us. We're alone, just Jesus, and we're standing before him, and his eyes, which are a flame of fire, looks deep into our soul, into our spirit. He sees our life as we really are, and his eyes of fire immediately, instantaneously burn away anything except that which is gold, silver, and precious stones. And that which is fake, that which is phony, that which is just a facade, he burns past all of that. And he sees us for who we are. And that is the refiner's fire of the eyes of the Lord Jesus. So you say, Pastor, what do you believe that fire is that is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 3? I believe it is the burning gaze of the Lord Jesus that sees us as we are. He knows us and he wants to give us the reward that only he can. But he will only reward that which is genuine, which is not fake, not phony. It's the real work that we did, whether anyone was watching or not. This is why the Apostle Paul says, and I'll leave you with this, let's do whatever we do heartily as unto the Lord, not as men pleasers, not so someone else can see and say, oh, didn't they do a great job? But if no one else is looking, then we know Jesus is. Someone has said our character is really who we are and what we do when no one else is looking. I pray this is an encouragement to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.